We think we're going to be doing this. And we are, I'm absolutely certain we'll yield results. I'm just certain because it's, it's such good business. It's it literally, one of the things I've learned in business, if you do the right entrepreneurial behaviors, you do get success. Not right away, but it's business karma. Do the right things, the right things happen. That I'm sure of. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan, and I'm grateful to be joined by not one, but two fantastic guests this episode, Kevin Nolan, CEO of Nolan Painting, and Colleen Nolan, Director of HR at Nolan Painting. It's news to no one that recruiting and retention across all industries continues to be a challenge. It's been the talk of conversation for the last few years, and we anticipate will remain so in the time to come. Colleen and Kevin have been leaders in combating this issue at their organization, brainstorming and grinding in the day-to-day to make sure that they have the team in place to fulfill as best they can the high demand of work that keeps the phones ringing. On this episode, they share with us how they have shifted perspective, learned to welcome new ways of thought and agility in decision-making, leaned into creativity, invested in their people, and continue to go after the long game, focusing on bringing young people into the trades. They have finally seen success in increasing their feet on the street numbers over the last few months. They know that they have tapped into a strategy that is working, yet also realize the need to stay on their toes. Nothing in this environment is a constant. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I am excited to be here today with two guests to the episode. We have Colleen Nolan, Director of HR at Nolan Painting, and Kevin Nolan, CEO of Nolan Painting and a partner at Nolan Consulting Group. Colleen and Kevin, welcome. Hello. Hey, thanks, Ma. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so I asked Colleen, actually, I didn't ask. Kevin came to me and said, I think we need to do a podcast on this. And it was a good timing because one of my colleagues, Maureen, was like, I think we need to do another recruiting podcast. So it all came together serendipitously. Um, and then I asked to get Colleen involved. But we're here today because the recruiting and retention problem remains an issue that we hear consistently from all of the NCG clients. And we all see it on the massive hiring signs and ads on all businesses, you know, in our, in our local towns. It's an issue that Kevin, you and I talked about in March of 2021, we did a podcast on recruiting and talked a little bit about the high school co-op program you were starting. We'll do a status check of that on this episode, but it's, it remains a consistent issue. And I think it's, I know for you, Kevin, you're getting a lot of phone calls about it from some clients. And so things are working okay for you guys or well at Nolan. And so I'd love to hear what the environment is like, what are you guys seeing, what tactics have been successful, and then we'll dive into a little bit of the retention and how you're really kind of diving into the culture and to kind of keep these guys want, and ladies uh, involved and in wanting to stay at the organization. Um, so Kev, I'll kind of kick it off to you first. 
This is not a new problem. I was going to say, yeah, because I, I, I tend to think of 30,000 feet. And yeah. uh, Colleen, obviously, is going to be the one that implements and handles all the details and is operating on the ground. So Absolutely. Yeah. So from like the CEO level, you know, how yeah. are you closely tied to the solution and the brainstorming portion of it all? Well, um, so I'm very, very closely tied because, uh, you know, a good CEO is looking for the obstacles that are stopping them from growth. And um, so employee retention and recruitment has been the inhibitor to growth uh, for us, if there has been one. So since customer demand still remains incredibly strong, um, and I know, you know, as we as we do this call in the middle of June here, um, that folks are concerned about the economy, and um, of course I am too as well, uh, but mostly because of the news that I hear, not necessarily because of anything in my world yet, although I, you know, I've, I hear things from other people, but from our perspective, demand is still very, very strong. Um, we're still getting lots and lots of phone calls for work. Um, our season is almost booked out for the year. Um, we have very, very little space left for any exterior work in 2022. And we have a very robust pricing that's been happening. Um, so it's all good in that respect. Um, so regardless of what happens with the, with the economy over the next year or two, um, I think this is a systemic problem that we're going to face for the next you know, five to 10 years, this uh, labor shortage. Um, and at this point, I don't think it has anything to do with COVID. Um, I think it has to do with purely with demographics, with the age of the population in the United States of America, the lack of immigrants, and the fact that the millennials now are approaching 30 years old and um, are no longer um, available to us. This is a huge population of um of over 80 million people. Remember, remember Molly a few years ago when we were doing that seminar and I, you said, you say millennials a lot um, <laughs> because there were a lot of millennials. There were lots of them. I felt like I kept um, being called out. I was like, what is wrong with, I'm a, like, I'm a No, no, I loved millennials, if you'll know. <laughs> if you remember, I love millennials. Yeah, um, yeah. I love I love any workforce that's available, right? I love immigrants, I love millennials. So, but immigrants are being restricted, uh, obviously, as they have been more and more over the last 20 years. And um, also millennials are now aged out. And so... I don't know whether it's a generation Z or whatever, there's just not as much people available in this next gen as there was in millennials. And the millennials, you know, followed um, whatever generation was before them. And then before that, you had baby boomers, also big population. Yeah. So that same baby boomer population is driving much of the demand with the addition of the millennials who are buying homes for the first time and all. So demand, I think, is going to remain strong for our services for the indefinite future, um, pending any hiccups that happen. Um, and as many people know, I often tend to be um, somewhat cautious and pessimistic around the economy. Mm -hmm. uh, and have uh, always been worried about the next recession. Um, and really the, the, uh, the answer to, um, to recession is not cutting painters. Uh, really, unless you're out of work, you need as many painters as you can get your hands on that, that you can train and, and, or workers for that matter. Um, when in fact demand goes down and we don't have enough work, then we'll have to worry about uh, what we do with all these workers.
Um, but for now, um, we need them. We need workers. And I'm here to report to you today that we've had a great deal of success since last March. And um, both um, employee recruitment and retention. And uh, I will tell you as a caveat um, that we that the third part of our plan um, was a part of, of recruitment that has not yet yielded, but I'm sure will. And that is the high school plan. Okay. Um, being how is it's actually June 10th right now, and we've been targeting high school graduates None of them have graduated yet, or that they did, it was just moments ago. Right. Um, and we'll talk about that plan. I know it will work. I just know it will work. And I hope to be able to come back to you, Molly, and maybe we could do a little epilogue, maybe six, eight weeks from now on this yeah, podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do a little epilogue, and I can report to you the success that we had. Um, so, anyway, uh, we need people. And for the first time in two years, we have actually hit are uh, feet in the street numbers, meaning we have the amount of employees in the field that we predicted for the first time, actually a few more, um, which I believe is like 92 or 94 that we have right now, feet in the street. We have another 25 or 30 staff. So we're about, I think the last number I heard was that we were at 123 is what I heard on Monday. That's how many employees we have. Uh, we were 137 just before the pandemic. That was in March mm -hmm. uh, and we were growing. So, so, uh, so can I, can I speak just quickly to the general context and before, you know, the pre and post pandemic, if that's please, where we are. Yeah, that'd um, be great. Well, so Kevin mentioned that, you know, you don't see this, this workforce problem going away. And I, I really think it's worth underscoring that it existed before 2020. So it was something that we had really switched gears to focus on in 2018, 2019, we upped our recruiting marketing spend. Mm -hmm. um, we were putting a lot more intentional effort behind, you know, marketing really our, you know, our, we are hiring program. So this marketing recruiting. Um, so I think it's interesting because the last two years, so your 2020 and 2021 introduced a little bit of chaos into that, but right. we really were having these conversations. They predated the pandemic. Um, the pandemic just introduced additional strange challenges, but we, we really were talking about this very intentionally. Um, and, you know, it's, it is strange now to be re-entering this conversation because, of course, I kind of hear things through the grapevine. Um, the last two years, it's been like, I don't have enough people on my team. I need more people. I need more people. Mm -hmm. um, and just yesterday, I, I heard, you know, I don't know what to do with all these new people. <laughs> what so, a crazy yeah, statement so, to so hear. <laughs> I haven't heard that since 2019. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and you know, of course, you know, what do I do with all these new people is something that we're very intentional about as well. And I'm sure we'll get to that later, too. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, we just, uh, just Tuesday, we had an orientation, full day orientation with 12 new hires. Amazing. Yeah, which represented that, something like 15% of our workforce. So that feel, I mean, that feels good after. Oh, it like, felt great. It really yeah. did feel great. Like, yeah. Especially after, like, Kyle, you just said that the chaos of what the last two years has brought yeah. to in an already challenging area to, yeah. to bring people in. And Kevin, I, I mean, you too making a point that. The, the, you you anticipate the demand for the you know 
for the service to, to stay high. And we anticipate now the recruiting is going to consistently be a challenge. And so to accept that and just not expect like, okay, next year things should get a little bit easier. Like, no, we actually going forward need to consistently be intentional about our recruiting efforts, being creative, investing in it. Like this. Otherwise you go backwards. Yeah. But it, it costs money to get people. And I think yeah. that's what we have to to kind of keep reinforcing is that money and, and effort. I mean, money Colleen was talking about we've we've we had recruiting meetings on a weekly basis pre-pandemic. Um, and to be honest with you, last March, last March, by this point, we threw the talent. We said we're done spending money on it. It's not working. The fishing is no good here. Let's go back in. There's nothing. There's no fish here. Um, but we we obviously this year started with the we're going to try it again this year. Um, the the world's in a little different place with the pandemic, and there are there are um, p- kids in school this year as opposed to homeschooling, and right. that affected all kinds of things. But right now we have a team of seven people on our recruiting committee that meet weekly and have um, a, you know accountabilities after and during the course of the week. And then once a week we meet and review and um, and we just are putting in a lot of effort. And you ask me, what do you, what do you, you know, what's my CEO level? It's the, it's the thing we talk about the most. It's um, it's, we spend the most amount of time talking about recruiting um, and retention, no question about it. And, and people generally. Well, then I was going to say HR in general, if you got rid of HR altogether, um, I wouldn't have any emails. <laughs> I mean that call that that brings me to you. I mean recruiting is a massive part of your job, you know, aligned with all the other important things that you do, like, you know, just the dealing with the employees that you do have, but you spend a lot of your your time and your effort from, you know, interviewing and strategizing and talking about with meetings and planning for the next hire or to meet those feet on the street goals. And so I, I know it's I know it's stressful. I know it's a frustrating process. You know, from your perspective, what has the environment looked like? I mean, you just said you you heard a statement you hadn't heard in two years. There's you have some more people than then some crew leaders know what to what to do with. But how has how have you seen shifts in the applicant process? What are you guys doing that, that you think has turned the tide a little bit? Yeah, I mean, well, so when Kevin said that we threw in the towel last March, um, we I, really what we what we've always tried to do is control the controllables. So right. we weren't getting the number of applications that we wanted for the time and money we were putting into it. So you know, let's let's regroup here throughout the rest of 2021 we really looked inwards and did a lot of work on benefits you know what we were offering our team um then we when we stepped back out into the recruiting environment and you know which happened later in 2021 and of course has been a big priority again in 2022 we came back into an an ever-evolving market which was a little bit healthier for us and two we came in with a whole you know, improved and revised set of benefits that we could then market and, and use to attract talent and kind of talk Mm -hmm. about and get people excited about. Um, So really what I try to do is, you know, one, stay agile and stay responsive to what's happening out there. It's one of the reasons that we do meet weekly and have this accountability so that we can have a really close pulse on what's actually happening. How many applications are we getting in? You know, what does 
turnover look like? How are things going, you know, out in the field? Um, you know, but also, you know, again, kind of being able to, to know exactly where things stand and what we're, what's coming in. Um, remaining agile, agile is also about, is our process, you know, competitive in the sense that we can get people in the door quickly, we can get them up to speed quickly. Um, so for me, it's always that balance between making sure that that we are responding to what the demands of the market are. So if that's mm-hmm. a really quick application process so that people can apply quickly and we reach back out to them quickly, sure, we can do that. Um, we, we thought about that one, though. We did. <laughs> I'm sure that the meetings are not like rainbow and butterflies. I'm sure that there is some good high tension and debate that happens. As there any, certainly is. As certainly. any meeting that that can be productive should tech, should have, you know, so long. So as let's just, let's just, but let's just do a quick little deep dive on that and that particular topic because it's sure. interesting that the dynamic worked out. And I think it's one of the. I don't, I don't know whether it really mattered or not at the end of the day, but I do think that the conversation was super instructive. It changed our approach, not just how we take in clients, but how fast we respond and the person that we have now that follows up. But basically, we added a intake form, um, and I'm sure Colleen will correct me as I misspeak the process, but I added an intake form. We added an intake form on our website with just a few simple questions. By the way, our website is very robust for hiring. It's uh, many pages now, lots of descriptions, everything from a day in the life of a painter to how much pay you get and when you get it. So we've spent a lot of time working on our website. Um, We have micro sites, we have macro sites, we have all kinds of stuff. Uh, But we do have, uh, we also have QR codes. but we do have a very simple intake process now where you don't have to care a lot, which is where we were having our fights. You don't have to care a lot to make an application. So what changed since the pandemic, and it was only the pandemic just made it happen, was people no longer uh, filled out paper applications, like almost ever, right? right. Yep. Used to be, we used to send people applications. We used to say, print it off and send it in. Um, we should say, stop by the office, stop by the office. And we have a little mailbox by the door, pick one up and fill it out. We used to have people who would fill it out in a room in our building upstairs. Um, and they would stay until it was completed. Like the pages were filled out and finished. So now when you're in a world where everything is done, not just online, but mobile phones, where you have a really small screen and you have a very complicated application that has that needs lots of information from you that maybe isn't so readily available. Maybe you need the phone to get the to get the information. And maybe you're even driving for God's sakes while you're doing all this nonsense. And or maybe you're watching a TV, but clearly you're going to be multitasking while you're filling out an application because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, long story short, no one finishes the application very much. Um, because it's too hard, it's too complicated. It's not any more hard or complicated than it ever was. But in this new world of attention span and temperature deficit things, it just wasn't getting the uptake that we needed. Um, so we added this, and I don't know whether that particular event was a, that particular singular event was that uh, that effective. But the whole process we have sped up from the time that you would express interest in Nolan painting to the time that we would hire you has been drastically cut. Um, making offers to people, pending background checks as opposed to waiting for background checks. Kyle, I'll let you go deeper into the process. 
Yeah, I mean, we we did switch that, and and actually, that's something again that in the last month um, has changed. Where we used to basically ask, in the last year, we've said, "When can you start? We'll start you then." Um, in the last month, I've kind of gone to field managers and I've said, "You tell them when works for you," because <laughs> you know, having if we interview five people in a week and they can all start Monday suddenly, you know, five new team members on one team on Monday creates a lot of challenges. Well, what um, happens is one of them doesn't show, right? Correct. And the five, you can be sure one of them's not going to show. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, sort of what I was speaking to earlier. That's really what it all boils down to. So we have, we have a process so that things can be consistent and, you know, that my team and our team kind of knows where we are on any given person. Everybody knows what they need to do. Um, but we can tweak that process along the way based on, you know, what kind of response we're seeing, how many applications we're getting in, whatever it might be. So we, as, as an HR team, there are three of us who are kind of working on getting these people in the door and onboarded. Um, we're meeting pretty regularly and making tweaks on the fly um, and, you know, saying, okay, what do we need to do a little bit differently here? Mm-hmm. Uh, to Kevin's point, making the offer and actually getting a firm start date on the second interview and then collecting. And sometimes that's on a Thursday and the person starting on a Monday and come Tuesday, Wednesday, we're still collecting their, their um, references. Uh, so, you know, in the past I was kind of pushing back on that. Like I really need their references before, yeah. <laughs> before they come in. Um, but, you know, and it's possible that we'll end up slowing that down again, or that the process will naturally slow yes. as we have more people in the door. That's, you know, like I said, well, something I'm, fact, already, I'm already our, seeing. Our pipeline has gotten much bigger recently. Um, in the last week or so, the, the applications, a couple of weeks now, the applications have picked up dramatically. Yeah, we've consistently seen um, the last three or four weeks, we've had well over 100 applications, which I have not seen again since wow. you know 2019. Um, so really, really big application numbers. So and definitely, again, in a market that's changing around us. Yeah, like what happens this week might not be what happens next week, or maybe it's better. And so not yeah. to get maybe comfortable or terrified in the moment, like you like just be ready for the dips and, and the waves to come. But what are you all using for, are you using Indeed? Where are you seeing the applicants come from? Yeah. So two shared uh, between Indeed and our website intake form. Um, We do have, you know, we post on Indeed, we let it go for no more than 30 days. We have a budget for each positions that they're kind of boosting. Um, and I have a rep at Indeed who I work with who makes sure that that budget's being used appropriately. Um, but that, you know, Indeed's really just a search engine. It's a job search engine. Um, so we feel pretty strongly that it's our recruiting efforts that are then leading people to find us on Indeed. You know, they've kind of not necessarily gotten there by accident. They've heard about us because we are on sports radio and, you know, we're on TikTok and all these crazy places that, right. you know, we never expected to be a couple of years ago. So we we definitely have an employer brand that people are seeking out and they, and they happen to be getting to us via Indeed. But it's really, again, that's just a part of the overall effort. 
And so you've picked places like TikTok and sports radio because you are trying to go to the places where your employees are, right? It's almost like targeting a customer and the the the, the, the customer demographic that you're looking for and where, where are they going to be? What are they going to be listening to? You're doing that on the employee side. Yep, that's exactly right. We've we've had a lot of success with sports radio over the years. Um, and again, this is the, the significance of this weekly meeting. We're like, what's working, what's not? There's a lot of spend and a lot of effort behind it. So we really need to be aware in real time what's working and what we're getting results from. Um, so we're constantly having that conversation. Where are where are the people that we're looking to bring in? Um, you know, I don't know if that kind of is a nice segue into this high school piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that's a place where, okay, where is the next workforce for some, you know, if it's like a professional or white collar position there, those companies are looking towards the recent crop of college grads. But for us, we're looking to the high school grads. Um, those mm-hmm. are, you know, particularly if they're not college bound, we want to be the one that's there, you know, we could definitely be a viable, uh, employment option for them. So we've really gone to the high schools, like literally and figuratively to basically be present and be an employer brand that they can think of when they graduate. So the types of individuals that you're looking for, I mean, and I think this is important to to clarify too, like, are you looking for people who have experience? Are you looking for apprentices? What, you know, where are you, what are you open to that's helping to direct the efforts? Well, certainly a high school student is not going to have much um, experience in the work world, but mm-hmm. we are looking, um, I mean, to Colleen's point, you know, when we, when someone graduates from high school, who's not going to college and doesn't already have a plan, which I think represents probably a, a fairly significant percentage of folks, right? I don't know, 30, 40% of all students probably come out and either aren't going to college or don't really have a plan. Like they're not going to become a welder or a, or a plumber. They don't have a plan for that. They haven't been in trade schools and all. So they're out there in the world thinking about what they might do. And, and maybe their parents are saying, when are you going to get a job? Right. Like that might be starting to happen. Uh, not yet, like I say, but certainly by midsummer. Right, um, right. And so so we're targeting two two groups, uh, high school students and their parents, high school graduates, I should say. Sorry, sorry. High school graduates and their parents. We do not want uh, summer help. Summer help is just not worth the investment to us. If we if we weren't in such an acute situation, we may invest in summer help and have some summer help around. But we need I mean, we are seriously off where we want to be, you know, long-term employee-wise. And so we need a solution that's going to um, give us significant numbers where we can train people and we can expect them to be here for a number of years to recoup that expense and, and make some some money off of these folks. And that's a pretty big change rush. I mean, that was like a mentality shift. You know, summer help has been a thing that's been around for a long time. Yes. I mean, so, for me to hear you all say that, that guy's very, dis- very disruptive though. Yeah. Yeah, they leave, yeah. You know, they come and then they and they add value for a couple of months after you get them trained, but then they leave they leave earlier and earlier every year, it seems like. Yeah. It's it's incredibly disruptive. So come, you know, August fourteenth, fifteenth, you have you're down fifteen folks in the field. That's like pretty catastrophic. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're really, really probably only productive for maybe six weeks for after the last, they for the last two yeah. weeks of, of being yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah. So like no. in in theory, it sounds like it would be great summer help, but really when, when you the flip side of it, not so good. 
Well, I mean, it's not like you just need help. You need, you got to teach people how to paint a house and they have to know what they're doing. Yeah, Nobody skills. wants super inexperienced people at their house. And so right. that just, and, and, and as we said before, as Colleen said before, the stress of having somebody who doesn't know, who's not been trained on your job, I'm completely aware of what it feels like to be a job leader and have somebody that has no experience whatsoever. And you're at a very wealthy customer's house and everything at their house is perfect. And you're, petrified that this person is going to screw something up like i completely get that um, and, and we've just doubled down by saying not only that but that might, it might actually be their first job ever ever <laughs> because, because yeah. they just finished high school so they don't even know how to how to act <laughs> at all so yes. true they really don't know how to paint a house or or you know even hold a paintbrush or hold a scraper for that matter <laughs> but it, it might be the first time that a parent or a teacher is giving them instruction. <laughs> yeah. And that's your, that's like, they're walking, they're, they're basically your brand walking into people's houses. Exactly. And so it's yep. really, it's a, it's a good point to really know who you're sending into. So we've, you know, we've been training people for years, so we can train people how to paint. And now we're just moving it down to a younger age group. Um, but we've been doing it for years. We can train someone quickly. Um, so we're just deliberately going lower in the age group, which poses some of its own challenges, which we haven't really encountered yet. But, you know, clearly like vehicles, we don't, lots of seniors don't have access to a vehicle and that's a problem right. for us. And um, a lot of them have, have never had a job that they had to drive 30 miles to get to. And then 30 miles in a different place the next day. And then two days later, they're 20 miles away. Like that's all new to them as well. And then of course we start at seven in the morning and that's means you have to be up and at them at five 30. It means you have to pack your lunch the night before and have your clothes laid out and all that stuff. So there's issues around all that. Um, but we, we think we can handle that. But uh, let me just tell you the status of the program as we speak right now. Great. So we have targeted 22 high schools that we have put some effort into getting known in these high schools. We're sponsoring uh, things at their school. We're sponsoring school boards, um, signage on fields. Um, we're doing, I don't know, what, other, what else are we sponsoring? Um, numbers are different, like, uh, I don't know, do we do any proms? I don't know, yeah, we, we've we done like, I mean, even like plays, I mean, all, all kinds yeah. of crazy Yeah, stuff. sports teams. Um, we want to get into the school and be somewhat recognized. Um, and we are often using a we're hiring message as opposed to, you know, hire us message. Um, right. So, but, but by the way, it's all good because it's good for everything. Branding is, is good. And even though this demographic is younger, their parents are at these schools as well. And their parents might pick up on some of the things that we're doing. And if their parents, by the way, so if doing this, we, we, we repurpose two salespeople. Uh, we gave them some, um, we gave them a little game around contact. We gave them points every time that they made a significant contact with the school. They got a point when they got, just even an email reply, like we'll put you on the job board. I'm, I'm guessing we're on all the job boards because we've run lots, we're on, they, they got lots of points for getting on job boards. Um, but 10 points gave the sales guys $500. They're running around scooping up points um, and have made some um, inroads. So, um, so we're, we're in the schools somehow, some way. We've, they've been doing career fairs and job fairs. They've been doing them, not me, uh, because they're younger. These two, these two sales fellows, uh, Alex and Chris, and um, 
by the way, they also will get bonus for each employee that comes from their school. So if we hire somebody from one of their one of their 11 schools, they each have 11 schools, then they'll receive a bonus $500 for the recruit and $500 if that recruit is here 90 days later. Um, but I, you know, I, I quickly realized that was a long lead time to get them to start making these contacts in February for them to have to wait to June and September to be paid out. Mm -hmm. These these points became um, the way they got their um, their reward um, and the way they got their dopamine for having scored a point um, as well as uh, money and rewards. So um, now we're in the last phase uh, for this year. Anyway, for this this uh, recruiting effort, um, we are we're geofencing. We've got a significant investment to geofence these 22 high schools um, and graduation days. We're doing all the graduation days because we got the parents as well. Um, and one of the things we didn't mention earlier, but we do have a significant effort in um, in Google Google display ads and in Google search word ads and in all the digital marketing. We're we're doing quite a bit. I think our budget's two thousand a month for for uh, Google Google Ads. Um, and so now on top of that, we're gonna have people will be receiving ads for um, after they attend graduation or, or the students will be receiving. In the beginning we were doing, and I'm not sure if we're still doing, and we were just doing parking lots because we wanted high school seniors with cars. Um, oh, yeah. And um, I think we might've expanded that, have we, Colleen? We, we did, yeah. Yeah. Can I ask where you expanded that, that geofence to, call? So we, we basically just decided that it made more sense to do the whole high school. Um, but like these are the conversations that we were having. So if you're doing the high, whole high school and met, you know, one out of every four is a senior and that's actually not even correct because then you have your teachers and counselors and the whole bit um Bus know, thinking, and sanitation yeah, and we're like does it get diluted um if you do the whole high school but but somewhere between being too narrow with the parking lots and too broad with the whole high school we we yeah. decided better to go too broad than too narrow yeah so parents will be receiving these ads as well. And these ads talk about um, a $20 an hour salary, which is what you get after you become a painter. That's not what you get when you become an apprentice, but we're talking about, uh, and we also talk about the path, because as I mentioned before, some percentage of these students don't have a plan yet. And I have said um, to guidance counselors and the like, um, we have the best one year plan for for a student getting out of high school that you could possibly probably come up with. So I can, we can get you to, to $20 an hour in a year as a professional painter, um, a painter one, that's not a, you know, that's not a master painter or a painter level two. That's just entry level hitting our production rates, following our, um, our protocols. And uh, we've been able to do that time and time again in one year. By the way, we have a, you know, we have a very intensive training program. We're on top of it all the time by individual, constantly monitoring that individual. Are they staying on top of their learning paths? Monthly meetings about their progress. Um, so, so we can do that, but um, you know, uh, ultimately we'll see the results in the future as these high school students do graduate in the days and weeks ahead at this point, it's days ahead because um, most of them are graduating by by the middle of June. Um, but we still don't think that's that's the first thing in their mind. It wasn't the first thing on my mind. What am I doing with the rest of my life? It's what am I doing this summer? 
Um, and so we expect it's going to take yet another couple months of digital marketing to them using our remarketing campaign and using our geofencing um, tags that we've captured. We think we're going to be doing this and we are, I'm absolutely certain we'll yield results. I'm just certain because it's, it's such good business. It's it literally one of the things I've learned in business. If you do the right entrepreneurial behaviors, you do get success, not right away and not always in a fair manner. Um, but it's, you know, it's business karma, do the right things, the right things happen that I'm sure of. So it will happen. I mean, I can imagine too, that so many of these high school graduates who are, you know, not pursuing college are probably folks who um, are lacking, you know, structure in their lives as well. And, you know, some, a, a, a business that's going to care about their training and their development. Yeah. Um, so this, you know, provides a good outlet, but uh, I, I do, you hit a little bit on, you know, how much you're spending from the Google AdWords perspective, but I'd love to know just from a percentage perspective, how much are you guys putting into recruiting? The budget, I think is 2%, but, um, but we'll end up spending most of that in the first half of the year. So 2% of your revenue is spent on recruiting. Yeah, but we'll spend most of that, you know, up until, up until now. I mean, I think we spent 40,000 in, uh, in those radio ads. There's also, there's also, you know, as needs change, there's also kind of a push pull or give and take with the, you know, quote unquote, regular marketing budget. Um, so yeah. we've, we've definitely done that in the past where we've kind of like reallocated. Yeah, that's um, what it is. Based on we've whatever reallocated from marketing. Since we're still busy, there's no point for us to spend gobs of money to tell people to hire us when we can't do the job when they call us. So we've pulled marketing money and put it into recruiting. So at times that, that, you know, 2% average could be increased based upon the, mar- the marketing allocation that may. Well, if, you were to add, if you were to go by the last couple of months, it's way over 2%. You know, if you were to look at last month, what we spent, let's say in marketing, it's going to represent, you know, something like 5% of the last month. But, you know, we will, you know, over the course of the year, we'll, that will back down. We will not right. be doing the offensing later in the year. We will not be doing the, I think we do have a possible spend. We, we typically have a second recruiting uh, attempt um, near the end of the summer as we push hard to hit our numbers for the year. Um, and, so we and, do that. and some of that remains to be seen because we, partly that was because we would lose summer help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So like all these things inform each other, um, which is why we'll make decisions on the fly. Mm-hmm. I also just want to say one quick thing about the um, high school recruiting program you know i i know that kevin's really excited to see this big pop in applications from high school grads but for me what really is compelling is like the long play you know long Absolutely. game no, of it. I, I definitely see long term yeah so you know we what's really you know what i envision a year from now two years from now is that we have really established relationships with counselors and with coaches at all these schools many yeah, of whom we just took know, a- we just agreed to do a two-year billboard at a snack bar at uh, Downingtown High School Stadium. Yep. Two years, so uh, we'll, you know, hopefully we can renew it when it goes up. But we're going to become a permanent fixture in these schools. But, but also that we have, you know, that a coach at that school has a student in mind, and they, we have a relationship with them, and they yeah. say, totally you know, apply to Nolan, apply to Nolan Painting. Um, that, that I think is you know, we could get really some quality, 
good fit folks. Yeah. Cause would. those, those coaches want their, their players to succeed. And so they're yep. talking about like, it's more than just the game. It's about, yep. you know, what are you, all right, what are you going to do after, after you graduate? Like, let's talk about, you know, your, your, your life, you know, your goals. Um, that's such a good point call to Yeah. This is, yeah, this is, this is a long game strategy for sure. Well, that, that's why I say I'm so sure it'll work. I mean, it's just like, you know, all these other assumptions you make in business, you know, that if you treat your customers right, they'll come back. I'm just so sure that this will work. If it doesn't work, I'm going to quit and retire. <laughs> I mean, it better work. Yeah, it better work. So oh, let's, either way. I want to move into, you know, kind of the retention portion of this conversation as, you know, before we wrap up here. And, you know, one thing that leads us there is when you are successful hiring all of these people, how do you assimilate them into your company and then get them to stay? How do they stick around and call? You know, I'll, I'll pop, you know, pass it over to you. Yeah. So we, um, you know, I think Kevin mentioned this earlier, but just this past week, this is partly just keeping an idea on numbers. How many people are we actually bringing in? Um, but just this past week we had, uh, our first in a long time full day orientation where we were bringing in new hires from the field, um, keeping them in for a full day and really doing a somewhat intensive look at, you know, various trainings, getting them on ladders, um, kind of giving some, some special like TLC and time and attention to that so that, you know, it eases the burden a little bit for the leaders in the field for these folks kind of get this, this grand view or bigger picture um, from different people here in the company who participated in this orientation. Our plan for our high schoolers who I've said, you know, this, for some of them, this may actually be their first job mm -hmm. is we're going to bring them in for a multiple day boot camp where, you know, we can kind of take them through everything up front. And by day four or five, when they get out to the field, they are, you know, they've actually done this boot camp first. So they've spent no time out in the field before doing this. So that's, by the time they get out there, they're not, you know, quite as new, quite as green. Um, they have a little bit of their bearings and they have some, some context for what they're going to be doing each day. Um, but, you know, as far as, as benefits and kind of perks are concerned, I mean, we've really done a ton over the last year. So we, um, you know, we've increased pay. I guess the the conversation that we had, you know, about a year ago was particularly for that painter position. Like, how do we make this painter position and the benefits and perks of it? How do we make that a really good, really solid job? Um, and that's what we did, you know, by the time you get to become a painter, and this is, again, a fairly big change for us, you're getting those paid holidays as a painter used to be only job leaders that got paid holidays. Um, you're getting two weeks vacation as a painter, you know, not something you have to wait to be a job leader or crew leader to do, um, you know, making sure that, that we are reimbursing folks for gas when they are driving, you know, farther from their house than normal for jobs. Um, making sure that, that, you know, we have a pay scale where people have an opportunity to jump up pretty quickly. Again, getting those painters to $20 an hour um, and, and, you know, beyond as they kind of grow in their, their, actual painting skills um the fun one that we've been doing i guess since the beginning of this year is free lunch fridays um and you know i think i was telling somebody the other day it's really fun to share good news and exciting news with people so i actually tell people on their first day 
like, you know, we have this program, free lunch Fridays. If you bring your lunch, you pack your lunch, you know, Monday through Thursday, the company will treat it to lunch on Friday. Um, and, you know, people, across the board, people are like delighted to hear that. Yeah, free <laughs> lunch, like a, who doesn't yeah, love like a, it? That's a fun thing to be told on your first day. But yeah. even that, I kind of take that as for for some teams. And the idea is that this the team or the squad are doing this together. They're all packing their lunch Monday through Thursday. You know, there's some accountability to that. If they all do it, then on Friday. Um, By the way, they're sharing a pizza, whereas in, you know, last year, they were probably sitting in their cars hoping they wouldn't get COVID from each other or something. Right, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. But so I say, you know, you might be heading out there to a team that takes free lunch Friday really seriously. So make sure you pack, pack your lunch. Yeah, also like <laughs> yeah. that's a good thing just for themselves. I mean, they're not spending $15 going to yep. like Wawa to buy lunch yeah. every day. And driving 20 minutes. I mean, this is like a conversation. By the way, I had no there. idea lunch was $15 since I packed my lunch since I was a little boy. Um, <laughs> lunch is expensive. But it is. It's expensive. Yeah. Holy and we've Lord. been having this conversation for hundreds of years. Like, pack your lunch. It's important to pack your lunch. Please pack your lunch. And now yeah. we could actually put something kind of fun and interesting behind that. Yeah. You know, we're like, doesn't make sense for you to drive 20 minutes. You know, when you have a 30 minute lunch break, you're driving 20 minutes each way. <laughs> like, Let me just tell you about the mechanics of someone wanting to implement such a program. Um, what we were doing up until a couple of weeks ago was we were just having him photocop, uh, take a picture on their phone of the receipt. Uh, and indicate who was who was having lunch, who was getting the free lunch, and then sending out to reimbursements at nolanpainting.com. Um, but now we've recently put together a, a form on spreadsheets, on smart sheets, where um, it comes into us in a much more organized fa uh, fashion, it adds it up and does all that stuff. So, um, so it's, that's we've just simplified the process. So it looks like it's going to stay for a while. So yeah. And I think that really, you know, the approach has been, how do you have fun benefits like that? Free Lunch Friday, Nolan Adventures, the less fun for most people, but fun for me, you know, lower health insurance deductible and health savings account for, right. um, for health insurance. Because, you know, realistically, we have a, a, the folks that work for us, their needs and interests and things that they, you know, that motivate them, it really runs the whole gamut. Some have young families and the HSA is a really big deal for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some are young and carefree and the free lunch Friday is, is the best thing that ever happens to them. So, yeah. so really offering kind of like a, a really widespread, not everybody is going to take advantage of every single benefit. You know, it may just not speak to them or kind of suit their life, but having at least something for everybody has been kind of the key. Um, and, and it's what we look at when we mix and match and try to improve things. Well, and we're still doing Nolan Adventures, which would just to jump on that. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that next. Yeah. And so when you, and the point that I, I picked up on was when Colleen said there's varied interests. And there really is, because the things that I might like to do, which I think were a little heavier last year, was on things that I thought was cool. And it didn't always get the, the turnout that I quite expected. Um, but we did a few things that we that were popular, and they all came back this year. And we've done more of those. So, for instance, you know, like uh, the we got the aquarium this weekend. Um, Camden, New Jersey has a has a state of the art aquarium, and um, so we have I don't know how many people going to that. I think there's twenty something going to that. Um, but um, we also have the Elmwood Park Zoo next week, and we have um, a Phillies game uh, before the end of the month. Whitewater rafting. Um, we have. Um, Whitewater Park, 
We have Six Flags Great Adventure. And these are all selling out now with 30 people. Um, and we have waiting lists. Um, and, and 30 I, I, people I includes... Thirty yeah. people includes family members. I was going to um, ask: yeah. are, are folks allowed to bring their families along? Which is probably yes. a huge opportunity for some people who might not want to spend or, or able to spend the money on going to the aquarium. Going to the aquarium is expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you figure a family of five, and if some of these water park tickets are like fifty bucks a pop, I mean, it's an enormous. We, we pay for parking and everything. Wow. Yeah, it just leaves a good feeling. And I'm telling you, it is working. This year, it is a home run. Uh, no no pun intended there. It's just it's totally working. So um, it's part of the recruiting budget. Is, is Nolan Adventures part of that budget? I guess it is, but it's not, a, money. it's not <laughs> a ton of money. I don't know where Steve has it, but it's not a ton of money. I mean, for a company our size, it's really not a ton of money. Um, I mean, we'll spend 25000 and we'll do over $12 million. So, I mean, the amount of goodwill it's bringing is spectacular. Um, people are talking about it. We sent a postcard home, a really cool postcard home. Um, so that with a list of all of these and like, as soon as it arrived, we had like a hundred signups. So, cause you know, the, the, the spouse would see it and say, are we going to this? It's free, right? <laughs> yeah. um, That's and, true. It's not always the employee, the employee who's going to be good at the at making right. sure the sign up happens. It's yeah, it's the spouse, exactly. it's the partner at home who knows that their three kids would love to go to the aquarium. Yep. Yeah. Um, can I ask who who organizes, who manages the Nolan Adventure program? Uh, April, who has done, um, April wears uh, many hats at Nolan Painting now. Uh, she's been our marketing manager for a dozen years, um, and she does a great job at that. But as I said, our marketing is, has not is not taking on the role. I mean, we don't talk about marketing the way we talk about the way we talk about recruiting. I mean, hours and hours a week about recruiting and retention, and maybe an hour a week about marketing. You know, it's sort of a it's taken on that role. So she's moved into this, and she's also involved in a lot of that um, that um, recruiting marketing that you do that that um, advertising that you do for, for employees. Um, the one other point I wanted to make, and this is something that I've had to change the culture of some of the, some, and this is what I hear a lot too from other contractors, um, changing the culture of some of your longer term employees and maybe some of the management that thinks they should be working overtime or that they should be working more hours and that when we put, um, when we put a, you know, a trip to the white water park in July um, on a Saturday that we maybe have, you know, gotten somebody more interested in doing that than in working the extra hour. And um, I, basically, our th I know my thinking has changed and it's my job to change the other thinking, which is we're talking life balance now. That's what that's one of the lessons from the pandemic is is life balance. And um, we are not talking about work, 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 work. We're talking about work life balance. And that means that um, we're not driving people uh, the way we used to. Um, instead, we're um, looking to drive fun and engagement. And um, that was the mission. And it's been that mission has been accomplished because to speak to just the status that we have right now is we're not losing people that we want anymore. In 2022, we have not lost one single individual that we cried about, um, which I know is a weird way to say it. But last year, I cried all year. Um, <laughs> 
we lost a lot of really good people last year and we didn't understand why and we and you know we looked within and and it wasn't all it wasn't what we were doing wrong it's what we're now doing right that matters yeah um because we've always been the best place to work we were best place to work last year we lost some top people so um it's uh it's really just the the mindset of people have changed and obviously their engagement has changed and therefore their relationship with us has changed um so. i mean kudos, kudos to the two of you and to your team for you know continuing to stay agile and and adapt to the chaos that ensues i know you know kevin from from that thirty thousand foot view as ceo you're seeing all the problems and then you're diving into recruiting because it's this yeah. one in particular because it's such a, a big issue but you know to colleen and your team for all the work that you guys are putting into it and having to just do what needs to be done to make it happen and i know it's i know it's a lot of responsibility and we're going to wait on your shoulders because there's constant demand for more feet on the street so that's um, not going to disappear, like I said. Yeah, and um, it, the, the, just the, the, the creativity that I that I see you yeah. guys all doing is is really um is really cool. The one of the caveats that I have to add to this podcast is um, that you have to raise your prices to be able to pay for all this um, because uh, it is costly. It has changed our, our financial structure. And um, luckily, um, we raised our prices back in like February and March. Um, but when you raise your prices, you can't you might have a backlog and you can't capitalize on it. So at any rate, we raised our prices in February, March. And so the work that we're bidding that we bid during that that is going to eventually be done in July and August and September is all at a higher rate than we're currently even getting now. But but the, the work has been booked at a higher rate. So that's really good. And I just put another price increase in effect for September 1st, any work booked after September 1st. So that's still, you know, uh, almost four months away. And we're, we're, we're raised our price for that time period. Um, because, um, yeah, we're, our, our direct labor costs have gone up dramatically uh, we have more overhead now um and so we've had to raise our prices and we've been able to successfully do that that's so. a good that's a good caveat to add and i mean one thing you mentioned before like colleen the the gas allowances mm. i mean gas alone is an issue across the board um for every um individual you know yeah. work or not but that you have to build that into your cost because that's something that you are helping to pay for. And, you know, so you're right. The price I, I get asked about that a lot. And I'll just say that we have three, three ways that we do. We pay gas. One is a gas card for anybody driving a company owned truck. Uh, two would be using smart sheets to fill out a form. Um, and we pay, we reimburse mileage. I believe it's 50 cents a mile um, for up to a hundred dollars a week. Um, hundred dollars a week. And, and then three would be for individuals. Oh, by the way, that's for that would be for uh, job leaders, someone that uses their vehicle. Um, and we have twenty-five or so people that do that every week. Um, and then, um, and then we also have um, what we we tell field managers: if you see an individual that is using their vehicle um, and they're driving far, and, and you see a hardship, uh, give them a free tank of gas. And so they'll get a free tank of gas maybe once or twice a month, maybe every other week type of thing. I think we have some employees that are getting them every week. Um, but basically, take a picture of the of the um, receipt for gas, put a customer's name, tie it to a customer's name. Um, and then it can be reimbursed, obviously, as a non-taxable event. Okay. And um, so, 
60, 80, 100 hours is going to that individual maybe twice a month, uh, takes a sting out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. because uh, if if there wasn't this this aid, this help, I mean, a lot of folks wouldn't be able to do their job. They would not be able to get there. They wouldn't really get there. Yeah. 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 It's so it it's just another thing that um the the agility is needed to We have been thinking about anything and everything. So yep. you're right. Yeah. Yep. It's going back to kind of everything that we talk about is just, you know, control the controllables calling, like you said at the beginning and be prepared for challenges, be prepared for the unexpected and be prepared to just have to consistently get creative and nothing remains totally constant. Well, I mean, I know we've talked for a while now, we could talk a whole lot more um, and, and maybe we will again um, a year from now and I can tell you more success, but I hope you'll let me do a little caveat at the end of this in a month or two from now, yes. let you know how... Yeah. That's what we were with the high school program. Yeah, so we will absolutely do a follow-up on a, a check-in for that the high school program, see where we're at, where those graduates have arrived. Uh, but Colleen, Kevin, thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate just kind of the, the transparency, the the challenges, the success sharing. Um, I know it's, it's really helpful for a lot of our listeners. So uh, again, the kudos to you all and, and to everyone listening out there for continuing to operate in the chaos. Um, hopefully their uh, success from for many is is coming in terms of the recruiting process so um, until until next time thank you all thank you thank you thanks for listening to this episode out of the hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at nolan consulting group a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country have a question comment or idea for future episodes we'd love to hear from you visit our website, www.nolandcg.com.